Scary Story Podcast brings original short scary stories right to your ears every week. Like Dead of Night, the story of a man who moves into a new apartment building only to discover its sinister foundation. Or another recent one, The Delivery, where a man discovers a family secret hidden in plain sight. Have you ever listened to a scary story that lingers as if it reminds you of a long lost memory? My name is Edwin Covarrubias, host and writer over at Scary Story Podcast, where every episode brings you a short, original scary story every week. The stories are read just like this, me telling you a frightening story that will blur the lines between this and the world of hauntings, ghosts, and experiences that defy logical explanation. You can join us by searching for Scary Story Podcast on your app right now. It's the show by Scary FM. I'll see you over on Scary Story Podcast. Hello, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Whether this is your first time or you are one of the brave souls who join us every week. For those of us who have siblings, it often means that we have someone to lean on and a built-in best friend to go on adventures with us. But that's assuming we are like one another. Sometimes, our siblings seem to have gotten all the bad traits in the family. They can be ill-intentioned or even evil. And those terrible brothers or sisters will haunt you from birth till death, if you last that long. First, a connection beyond the grave followed by a book of death. Then, a sister's sweet revenge. Finally, in our featured story, Survival of the Fittest. If you love something scary, there are so many ways to show it. Once you've listened to the podcast, leave us a comment or share the episode with a friend. You can also join our Patreon or order a Something Scary notebook. Just go to somethingscary.com to learn more. So, Want to hear something scary? The Evil One Just because identical twins may look alike, it doesn't mean they're the same on the inside. One can be good, while the other is pure evil. Like in this story inspired by Maya. Twins Olivia and Ava White had been inseparable since birth, but as they got older, their bond was not as tight, especially when they started high school. Olivia fell in with the popular crowd, being good at sports with a strong personality to match. Ava, on the other hand, was shy and introverted. She didn't care about friends or fitting in. While Olivia aced her classes, Ava's grades plummeted. Their parents were very tough on Ava, she felt like a failure compared to her twin sister, and she fell into deep depression. With no one to confide in, Ava poured her feelings into her diary. Eventually, her physical state caught up to her emotional one. Ava became extremely ill, and without the will to live, she died. Olivia mourned the loss of her sister, but as time passed, her grief lessened, and it seemed as though everyone just forgot about Ava. That was until senior year, when Olivia awoke to hear whispers and saw shadows moving in the corners of her room. 
She brushed it off as a dream and went back to sleep. But strange things began to happen that she couldn't ignore. Doors would slam shut on their own. Objects would move without explanation. Strangest of all, Olivia could hear Ava's voice calling her name. Even though she knew her sister was gone, she just couldn't explain it. One night, as Olivia was trying to sleep, she felt a cold breeze brush her arm and heard soft footsteps entering her room. She opened her eyes and saw a figure standing at the foot of her bed. It was clearly Ava. She looked pale and ghostly. Her eyes were empty, her expression one of sorrow. Olivia, Ava called faintly. Olivia was terrified. She could see Ava's ghostly hand reaching towards her chest, but then passed through her body. She felt a sudden, sharp pain in her heart, right where Ava's hand had been. Then, the ghostly figure disappeared into thin air. Olivia knew then that her sister was haunting her, and she had to find a way to make it stop. She spent many sleepless nights researching ghosts and spirits, hoping to find a way to communicate with her sister and to help her move on. She learned about seances, mediums, and other ways to connect with the spirit world, but nothing seemed to work, and Ava's ghostly presence continued to haunt her. As a result, Olivia's grades began to slip and she could barely stay awake in her classes. She could no longer keep up with her volleyball teammates, and soon she lost her place on the team. And her new, strange obsession with the supernatural drove away all her so-called friends who considered it weird and morbid. Her mental state deteriorated, not unlike Ava's before she fell ill. One Saturday night, when Olivia would usually have been out at a party with her friends, she was home alone. She decided to read through Ava's diary. As she turned the pages, she realized the extent of her sister's jealousy and envy towards her. Ava had always wanted to be like Olivia, but felt inferior and unworthy. Olivia knew then what she had to do. She had to apologize to her sister and help her move on. She gathered Ava's remaining belongings and built a small shrine in her memory. Then she lit a candle. Dear Ava, Olivia said, tears streaming down her face. I'm sorry for everything I put you through and everything I didn't realize. I forgive you for everything. And I hope you can forgive me too. You don't have to stay here anymore. You can move on to a better place where there's no pain or suffering. As she finished her prayer, she heard Ava's whisper. She told her she could finally pass now, peacefully, knowing that Olivia now understood and would feel guilty forever. What is your relationship like with your siblings? Do you always have each other's backs? Or is there jealousy that will haunt you beyond the grave? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that 
and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark. <laughs> this is Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Good evening, listener. I'm Steve Taylor, your host to a horror anthology podcast where we ask you to depart from your safe perception of reality to descend with us into the frightening depths and dark corners of twisted imaginations. With carefully curated original tales of terror each week, our deepest rooted fears are brought to the forefront by a diverse cast of voice talent and masterfully eerie sound design that bring these stories to life. We'll give you tales of unnerving encounters with the occult, harrowing hauntings, and sinister seances that show just how darkness knows no bounds. If you're like us here at Chilling Tales and enjoy feeling your stomach filling with dread as dastardly demons dance in your head, make sure to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe now to always be the first to enjoy the horror show. never know how happy you would be sitting there bored when the alternative could be death. Like in this story inspired by Sarah. Daryl and Kendra were staying at their Graham's house for the weekend. Her home was surrounded by vast fields and woods. Daryl loved their Graham, but always got so bored in the middle of nowhere. Tired of sitting around the house, Daryl wanted to get outside and at least be able to run around. Kendra had no interest. She was perfectly happy sitting in the air conditioning, watching reruns of Family Feud with her Graham. After much complaining, Daryl convinced Kendra to go outside and explore. They wandered the fields and ran through the woods for hours. Then they stumbled upon an old abandoned house. It was an old mansion with a rusty gate and broken windows. Despite their initial hesitation, curiosity got the better of Daryl, and he dragged Kendra inside to explore. Upon entering the house, Daryl felt a chill run down his spine. The air was musty and stale, and the floorboards creaked beneath their feet. The first floor held nothing but old furniture and cobwebs. But as they climbed up the stairs to the second, they heard a faint whispering sound. They stopped in their tracks. Then they heard it again, louder. 
They cautiously followed the sound until they came upon a locked door. They tried the handle, but it was stuck tight. Suddenly, they heard a voice behind them say, What are you two doing here? They turned around to see an old man with a stern expression. He wore an old-fashioned suit, and his hair was as white as snow. We're just exploring, Daryl replied, trying to sound brave. This house is off limits, the old man said, his voice low and menacing. You shouldn't be in here. Leave. Now. The siblings quickly made their way out of the house, feeling relieved to be back in the sunshine. But as they walked away, Kindred couldn't shake off the feeling that they were being watched. Daryl told her she was being ridiculous, but the truth was, he felt it too. That night, as they were getting ready for bed, they heard a strange noise outside the window. It sounded like scratching, as if someone was trying to climb up the siding. They peered outside, but thankfully saw nothing. Still, they couldn't shake off the feeling that something was out there. It was midnight and both siblings were wide awake. No way they could sleep. They decided to investigate the old house again, their curiosity getting the better of them. This time, they brought a flashlight and some tools to help them break into the locked room. Entering the house, the air was thick with a strange energy and they could hear eerie whispers all around them. They made their way up to the second floor and began to work on the locked door. It took them a while, but finally, they managed to pry it open. Inside, the room was empty, save for a dusty old book with strange symbols on the cover. As they opened it, a sudden rush of cold air hit them and the flashlight went out. Daryl tapped it a few times and when it came back to life, they found themselves in a strange place. It was dark, misty forest, and they could hear those eerie whispers all around them. It made no sense. With her voice trembling, Kendra asked where they were, but Daryl didn't know. Trying to sound brave, he said he'd find a way out. Taking his little sister's hand, they walked through the forest, feeling more lost with each passing moment. Unknown noises surrounded them, and the air grew colder and colder. Finally, they came to a clearing where they saw a small cabin in the distance. As they approached it, they saw a figure standing in the front door. It was the old man. He shook his head. You shouldn't have opened that book, he said. It unleashes the dark forces. Before the siblings could react, the old man began to chant an incantation and the ground shook beneath their feet. Storm clouds gathered in the sky. As the siblings tried to run away, they stumbled and fell to the ground, unable to move. The old man continued his incantation and the powers of darkness began to consume them. Kendra screamed in terror as she felt something inside her snap and she collapsed to the ground, lifeless. Daryl watched in stunned horror as his sister's body disintegrated into dust, carried away by the wind. The old man turned to Daryl and said, you have to pay the price for your curiosity. Remember, there are some things in this world that should remain hidden. With those parting words, he disappeared into thin air, leaving Daryl alone in the dark 
unable to forgive himself for what had happened to his sister. Would you go along with your sibling, even if you were scared? Are you the one who gets your siblings or friends into trouble? In the heat of the moment, it's easy to feel the need for revenge. But sometimes, the best revenge comes with lots of patience. Based on this true story by Aaron. I pieced together these horrifying events from an old newspaper article my grandmother had kept and little snippets my mother had told me over the years when she'd had too many glasses of wine. It was a sunny afternoon in the late 1950s in a close-knit community. Children were playing outside, enjoying the warm weather, while parents were busy with their chores. My great-aunt Allison was playing outside with her jump rope when her older sisters, my grandmother and her other sister, went inside to grab some snacks. When they came back outside, Allison was gone. The girls searched the neighborhood, but there was no sign of their little sister. They asked her friends, but no one had seen her leave or go inside. It wasn't until later that one of her friends spoke up and said Allison had been talking to a man and she thought she remembered she had walked off with him. It was then they realized something was seriously wrong. The police were called and a search was launched for the missing girl. The neighborhood was scoured, the family desperate for any sign of her. Days passed and there was no word of Allison. And then the police found her body on the beach. She was face down, dead. The family was devastated, but they were finally able to mourn the loss of their sweet little girl. The authorities ruled Allison's death as a tragic accident. They said that she had gone too far out swimming and the current had dragged her under. However, my grandmother didn't believe it. She knew her baby sister and she wouldn't do that. Allison was terrified of the ocean and couldn't have made it all the way to the beach alone. She suspected foul play, but no one would listen. A few days after Allison's funeral, my grandmother went to the junkyard near her house to look for scrap metal for her father. As she was walking through the yard, she saw something that made her blood run cold. A pair of jump ropes hanging from a van's wing mirror with Allison's name scratched into the handles. They were her sister's ropes. My grandmother took them and ran home as fast as she could to tell her parents and sister what she had found. They didn't believe her. They were still grieving and they just didn't want to believe that their sweet little girl had been murdered. So my grandmother kept the toys as a reminder of her sister. Years passed and the family tried to move on from Allison's death, but my grandmother never forgot. She kept the ropes hidden away and she never spoke of them to anyone. When my mother was a child, she would occasionally hear snippets of the story when people didn't realize she was eavesdropping. But my mother didn't know the full story until she was an adult. My mother was in her 30s when she asked my grandmother about the jump ropes with the name Allison etched into them. My grandmother finally told her everything and my mother was horrified. The family had covered up Allison's murder and no one knew what happened to her. 
there were no records of her birth or death in the library, and her family didn't speak of her. It was as if she never existed. My mother tried to find out more about Allison, but there was nothing. No one had any information about her, and the only thing that remained were the jump ropes. My mother never forgot about her aunt, and she always wondered what happened to her. She believed that man Allison had walked off with strangled her and dumped her body on the beach, taking her skipping ropes as a sick reward. But she had no proof, and the family had covered up the crime. It was too upsetting for them. It seemed like her grandmother had forgotten about it. But I always thought she was hiding something that my grandma knew more than she would let on. A few years later, my grandmother died of cancer. Just after she passed, there was another death announced on the news. An old man was found dead in his apartment, and they found a stack of Polaroid pictures of little girl's toys, including one photo of Allison's jump rope. It was the man that had taken Allison. I couldn't help but think how strange it was that right after my grandmother passed, they finally found her little sister's killer. My mother always thought it was a shame she wasn't alive to see it, but I'm quite certain it was my grandmother's ghost who took care of that creep once and for all. Does your family have any deadly family mysteries you're trying to solve? Any family secrets involving the supernatural? If so, tell us your story by sending us an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she tells the twisted adaptation of Hansel and Gretel, written by Janine Pipe and now animated over on our YouTube channel. Sometimes the people who are supposed to be protecting us are the ones that end up leading us straight to danger. Hansel and Gretel sat squashed together on the tiny couch in the tiny apartment they lived in. Their father wouldn't return home from work for hours and their stepmom was in this minuscule kitchenette, trying to make a meal out of whatever was left in the cupboards. As usual, when she brought it into the den, her stepchildren devoured the meal without a word of gratitude. They were disappointed that there were no seconds, but that didn't stop them from continuing to watch TV. Immediately after her husband walked through the door, weary and browbeaten, she launched into tales of his lazy good-for-nothing kids. They need to leave, she hissed. We can barely survive and feed ourselves, and all they do is sit on that couch, eating more than their fair share, and use our electricity while giving nothing back. The man, who was tired beyond his years, looked at his children, who had seemingly not moved since he left that morning to work his fingers to the bone. Despite both being capable of finding jobs to stay afloat, they had dropped out of school and showed no willingness to even attempt to earn a living. He lowered his head in shame and remorse, yet agreed with his wife. The woman scowled and said, I'll take them away tomorrow. The next morning, the stepmother lured the siblings into the car with the promises of an all-you-can-eat buffet on the outskirts of town. The pair's greed consumed them ignoring any financial restraints 
and soon they bickered about who could fill their plate the highest, despite their financial recklessness. The stepmother parked in an abandoned lot and told the teens the building was just around the other side of the woods. The incredible variety of food offered by the restaurant left no room for parking. The establishment was simply too massive. Again, minds only on their bellies, the pair didn't even question the absurdity of the matter. Once they were in the woods, the stepmother mumbled something about leaving her purse in the car and that Hansel and Gretel should carry on and she'd catch right up to them. They barely heard her, still discussing what dishes they were hoping to try. It was only when they'd be walking for some time when Hansel finally questioned the situation and they realized they had been tricked. The siblings turned and looked at their surroundings. Every path and every tree looked the same. Let's just keep walking, suggested Gretel, despite feeling winded and hungry. Eventually we'll end up at the buffet, she added. There is no buffet, cried Hansel. She has tricked us. Stepmother has brought us here to die. Gretel looked at him, an eyebrow raised. Don't be so dramatic, she said. But as the sun began to set and their bellies rumbled louder, the pair grew more and more uncertain of their whereabouts and how to seek help of any kind. Just as dusk was to turn to night, they stumbled across a miracle. It was not much more than a tent, but the smell of sizzling meat was unmistakable. They hurried over and saw an old woman with a pan on top of a campfire. The siblings were not the most street savvy, but even they understood they shouldn't approach a hermit in the woods. And yet, can we have some? They asked, approaching the old woman without hesitation and their bellies quite empty. The stranger wore a toothless smile and beckoned them with a dirty finger. They sat down, snatching up the sizzling patties at once. When they had eaten all of the food, not savoring a morsel for the old woman. Instead of thanking her, Hansel asked, is there more? Again, the toothless stranger smiled and nodded at the flap in the makeshift tent. Hansel licked his lips and headed in. Gretel, following. There wasn't much inside. A few blankets, some pots and pans, bucket for water, and an area where she skinned and prepared her food. They looked about for some more of the meat when the old woman came into the tent behind them her mouth now almost impossibly wide and began pointing at something on the ground. Gretel put her hand to her mouth. Oh God, we ate a rat? Hansel shook his head. No more rat for us, sister. Tonight we shall dine like royalty. And with that, he took the knife the old lady had used to skin the vermin and slit her throat ear to ear. The tools were surprisingly well kept, and in the end, despite being tougher than what they were used to, the siblings skinned, cooked, and ate the old woman. As her flesh sizzled in the pan upon the fire, they smiled, knowing they'd be okay. Just like mother used to make, complimented Gretel, tucking into a finger, mmm, tastes like chicken. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. 
Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. Ha, ha, ha.